I'm Amy. Hey, I'm Erica. Sorry we missed you at happy hour this week. Oh yeah, you weren't there. Bummer. But no worries, we've got you covered. Yeah, we're rewinding this week's happy hour chat. The dish on pop culture. True crime. Hot topics in the news. And of course, podcasts. So, pour yourself a glass and... Cheers! You're listening to Happy Hour Rewind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Happy Hour Rewind. So good to be here with you on the mic again. My name is Amy Randolph, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, best friend, roommate, and what did I say, hair guru on your last I birthday think post. you may have been really cute about that. Mm-hmm. Erica Jarvis. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. As Amy and I were just saying, we think we're going to make Matt this episode. We're getting we're on going Matt to Tona in Daytona. I, you know, I still we talked about this on the show already, but I'm still kind of down for a road trip over to Daytona <laughs> yes. when it's time for the chair championships this year. And I think when we talked last, we know it's in March; it's around spring break, mm-hmm. but we've got, just have to figure it out. But I've got the hour drive in me to make it to Tona. So if it's on a Saturday afternoon, what am I doing? Okay, so Cheer is obviously rocking the pop culture world. Oh, we yeah. just watched Jerry Matt talk celebrities at the fucking Oscar red carpet. You talk about being on the ultimate Matt. Jesus, Matt, right? We were also scared in the show that Jerry wouldn't make Matt, but Jerry made the biggest Matt <gasps> in Hollywood. So yeah, you are in Ellen's Rolodex mm-hmm. of correspondence. You've crushed it. But so here's what I'm thinking. Are we not the only ones that think about going to Daytona. Like, it's going to be a madhouse. Like, real spring break. Like, MTV 1993 style. I totally agree with you because, obviously, like, in the cheer world niche, they were, it was already a madhouse. Yes. But the onlookers this year, I mean, I would give anything to see Gabby fly. I would fly. give my left nut <laughs> to be, like, up close. Do you know what I mean, though? We should at least try to watch it on television. Or well, no, online. You it's on that them. app now. Oh, that's right. But we can try. We'll I just want Monica to be proud of me. I always really want Monica to be proud day. of me. Like, what would Monica want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> now, what would Jesus do? What would Monica want me to do? I think I know. Monica might want us to have a beverage. And cheers to our episode today. So, Amy, cheers, cheers. to Drink of the Week drink on the this week. week's episode. What are you imbibing? Uh, you know, an old standard Miracel Pinot Noir. Always good. Always good. You know, always a mid-priced wine. The podcast is misbehaving. Nothing has changed here at Happy Hour Rewind, really. She was so sweet earlier, just like laying in my lap while we were talking about the show. Yeah, she was resting up for her <laughs> rumble. She's not making come, Matt. Come 8.30. She's not going on Matt and Tona. She is not top girl. She's not top girl. She's a stumbler, as we referenced earlier. That's right. She's a stunting tumbler. Yeah, she can't tumble. What are you drinking? I am drinking apothic wine, just like a a bund. Nope, that's a lie. I think, (laughs) oh my God, maybe I'm drinking Dark Horse red wine. Okay. Oh my God, guys, I'm drinking red wine. I'm just drinking a red blend. She's drinking red wine. Who made it? I don't know. But there's been a lot of apothic flowing in this house lately, and I'm not mad about it. Me neither. I'm starting to get concerned, though, because I really brought, like, red blends into my life in the winter. But, girl, it got up to 87 in Central Florida today, and I kind of feel like... Red weather, yellow yeah. weather, red leather, yellow <laughs> leather. Red, yes. Excuse me. Just diction is done with the tip of the tongue <laughs> and the teeth. It, nailed it. <laughs> but anyway, I feel like red wine season is almost coming to an end because it's going to be too hot to drink it. It's not enjoyable when it's so 
balmy outside. I know, which is why I put a cube in mind. <laughs> Keep it going. A cube of ice, she means, people. <laughs> Not like a, a Rubik's cube. <laughs> no, but you have those um, cubes. Those, yeah, plastic, like, ice, plastic cubes ice cubes with the water inside that you can freeze. I should start. I also, um, now this would be water ice, but I worked <laughs> an event, a Star Wars related event last year, and I got um, Stormtrooper face ice cube yes. mold from it. And so I should really start making us uh, Stormtrooper ice cubes. 100%. When we're feeling first order like. Um, part of where I work at our company, we have... <laughs> The ability with ice cubes to stamp them. Oh, like yeah. Those big, like, square cubes you would put into, like, whiskey a, cubes. Whiskey cubes. Mm-hmm. But then they, like, heat up a stamp and stamp into the cube and create, like, a design. Very cool. I'm so impressed. I'm not doing that ever here. Can I? Ta- I made an old fashioned with, like, five ice cubes the other day. <laughs> well, can I tell you? I think I am starting to get into whiskey. I'm obsessed with it in general. And so. I I have never been a brown liquor girl in the sense that in college I had too many bad experiences with brown liquor, starting with SoCo. <laughs> and so just brown liquor in general, I've sworn off for yes. pretty much most of my 20s and the beginning of my 30s. But now that I'm becoming, I would say, more of a, um experienced drinker, yeah, I'm starting to bring whiskeys back into my life. For instance, I know that People think that this is lame, but I love fireball shots. No, they're so good. And I've just recently started to enjoy a Jim Beam on the rocks. That's an interesting one. Yeah, well, it was kind of forced upon me. I was at the boyfriend's house, and that was what was available. Uh-huh. But then I was like, oh, not so bad. No. So if I may, let's move into shots of the week. Sure. And can if I can start it off, Yeah. my shot of the week was that I was in Tampa for the weekend on a weekend-long Billy Joel concert and golf getaway. Yeah. And it was an incredible time. Won't lie, a little hiccup at the end, <laughs> working through happens. that. Happens to the best of us. But, um, you know, it was a bunch of drinking all night, get up in the morning, play golf, and one night there was a Billy Joel concert, which yep. is my third time seeing him live, and the man does not disappoint. Never. Even though he's 70 now, and he let us know that. <laughs> he was so hilarious and just charming in this concert. Uh-huh. He has been in the previous two times that I've seen him before, too. But, like, he started this concert. He came out, he played. We didn't uh, start the fire. Yeah. And then he stopped and he talked for the first time, and he said, Hi, everybody. It's Billy's dad. <laughs> Billy couldn't make it, but I know all this shit. <laughs> and then, like, him. and he just got funnier from there. But anyway, I kept saying to the boy all weekend, like, I'm really good. You know, when we go to the bar tonight, I'm going to have Jim Beam on the rocks with a splash of water. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I had And then I just kept, yeah, drinking wine and beer (laughs) instead, which, and then mixing it with fireball shots. And so I'm glad I didn't do those uh, three fingers with a splash like I was planning. But I think that is coming up in my repertoire soon. Honestly, sometimes it is one of my favorite things to have an old-fashioned and just like really let that big block of ice kind of melt and your cocktail now lasts like an hour and a half. And you just like – it's a real sipper. Yeah. You're not drinking it to get drunk because you can get drunk. Mm-hmm. But like it really is all about the flavor and savoring it. And it's so yeah, awesome. enjoying it. We for Christmas got my dad like a hand smoker. And he was like smoking old fashions. Mm. It was so good. I'm like, oh my God, I, I love this. I used to tell 
one of like your exes, we would go to their house back in like our 20s. And I remember one day he gave us all whiskey and I just was like, ugh, I have licked a wooden floor. This is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. What are my first time. Is it my ex-husband? <laughs> ex-husband. Like the big ex. The big The ex. The ex. <laughs> To end yeah, all So exes. you remembered him. You know who I'm talking about? You know? I try to push it out, but vaguely it's still there in my mind. What's well, funny, I think to myself, some of my favorite cocktails, the first time I ever had them, like, I declared that they tasted like cleaning products. The first mm-hmm. time you gave me a gin and tonic, yeah. I said, I think I just drank Lysol. It was good Lysol, but it was Lysol nonetheless. Nonetheless. <laughs> you did. And I had been telling you, like, girl, gin is where it's at. And you're like, yeah. no, I don't like gin. And I was like... But have you ever had it? You're like, no, but I've smelled it, and so I know I don't. And I was like, come, child. Come under my wing. And let me teach you a little something about what we call a gin and tonic. And then I did graduate to gin martinis. Yes. Dirty gin martinis. And yeah. You know, to this day, I see you pull out all the vodka and vermouth and some uh, olives every now and then. Oh, no. I love a dirty martini. Like, sometimes – that will put you right. Like one down the gullet at a happy hour, and you're like, okay, now I can have a wine. As Dorinda Medley says, martinis are like breasts. One is not enough, <laughs> two's just right, three is too many. <laughs> too many. <laughs> but to get away so from alcohol, funny. what is your shot of the week? So I know you hate when I have more than one shot of the week, but you do I'm what gonna you gotta preface do. this. We had a beautiful plan last Tuesday to yeah. sit here on these microphones. We had everything laid out. We had a great show plan. We had a great guys. It was great. <laughs> Just I left my adapter for my computer and our microphones at work. A crucial piece of it, gear. It was crucial. <laughs> like point of it all. And I was like, Amy, I am home. I don't have this one thing. Do you have anything at work? And you were like, you have a Mac. <laughs> Like, I don't. I was like, I'll bring home a piece of shit from the office. We'll see if this plugs <laughs> Brick in. Brick from 1993 into a gateway computer. Didn't work for some reason. Spoiler alert. We didn't podcast last yes, week. But my shot last week, I still just want to make sure I get it out. Uh-huh. Um, one of my good friends, Jen, was in town for a whole bridal shower weekend. She's getting married next month. And we went to her bridal shower on Saturday. And it was so much fun. Beautiful. Her friend Laura crushed it. We had a lot of champagne, mm-hmm. some really good food and good wine, and it was like overall such a fun day. And I just wanted to shout that out that that was my shot last week. <laughs> this week, um, you were in Tampa. I snuck up to my parents for the night, and we had family in town. We went out to dinner, like sushi, alcohol. It was great. But the best part was I had told my dad a few weeks ago, I just like really love grilled chicken and it's hard to do grilled chicken in an apartment. And you <laughs> know, maybe we have a grill. I was like, maybe next time I'm home, like I'll, you know, grill up a piece of chicken and take it home for the week. And this man marinated five pounds of chicken for me, grilled it up, like um, vacuum sealed it, like flash froze it for me. So like now I've got all of this chicken in our freezer and I'm just like so happy by it. So like huge shout out and shot of the week to my dad and his girl skills. Girl skills? Yeah, that worked. I, I thought you were about to say, like, Girl Scout skills. Like, are there cookies involved? Thin no, mints? please. Are you kidding me? My father is basically an Eagle Scout. <laughs> there were no cookies involved. Yeah, well, you cooked some up tonight, and it smelled delicious. So props to Jarvis. Yeah, though. no. Rick, pretty good. Good, solid. Thanks. Um, so we want to get into our topics of the week, but, Amy, something just popped up on my computer while we were getting ready, and I really thought we could should just quickly chat about it. Yeah. Um, it was the Iowa caucus last week, and tonight is a New Hampshire primary, and as I was pulling on my computer, a CNN update came up that said Andrew Yang is suspending his run for presidential campaign, not quitting just yet, 
But a suspension. I don't think I've ever seen a candidate suspend and then come back. It's not... Me neither. ...out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah. I'm not particularly an Andrew Yang fan. And we should probably address it in general here on Happy Hour Rewind. Politics are not our favorite thing to Mm-mm. talk about. But guys, look, it is an election year. And yeah. Eric and I do... Um, sit down with our wine at the end of the night and and talk about what's going on because, um, you know, from our point of view and it's the the generally accepted point of view of Happy Hour Rewind is that we are interested in the current Cheeto being booted Booted. from office. So like the Democrats, we really need to kind of rally around and and find our candidate. And um, I have fear in my heart that Mm -hmm. we're a little scattered yeah. And that the party is not really aligned on where we think we should be going. And so, you know, last week with the Iowa caucus, I did, I, we were going to discuss it on our show last week that unfortunately it was a disaster. Yeah, it was upsetting. It was really upsetting how the votes, um, they were trying new technology with a new app, but an old structure in Iowa for all of these different counties um, to call in their tallies at the end of the... Well, they were supposed to have reported via this app at the end of the night. And it turned out, I read later, that they didn't even really release this app all the way to all of the um, county leads until just hours before the primary or before voting opened. And then there was also a lot of weirdness. Like, we all download apps on our phones, but we mostly do it from the app stores, either Android or or Apple, yeah. whatever you have. Hashtag Android is better. It is. Um, but they didn't, you know, they, being the Democratic Party, didn't want to upload this app nope. for anyone to download from the stores. So they sent it via a file through email mm-hmm. to all these folks and, and look, I've been to a lot of different voting locations in my life. The folks that are usually running the place are not the most technology advanced. They're, they're local volunteers. They tend to trend towards the retirement age, yeah. I'll say. They just really like right? and being so involved in their community. They were supposed to have hours before this all started, downloaded this app, activated it on their phone, learned how to use it mm-hmm. with any training tools. So, of course, that went to hell in a handbasket. And so it's just starting off what I'm so afraid of, of the current administration um, devaluing all of the results. And they're, they're going to keep this like, of course, they're going to call it fraud, voting sure. fraud. And they're going to keep this mantra up through the entire primary season, up to the nomination and through the election. Yeah. Um, ask any expert. In fact, last week after the Iowa caucus, I was in my car and I was listening to Radio Andy on Sirius. Uh-huh. And Dan Rather's America was on. And great. Dan Rather could be my grandfather. <sighs> I listen to everything the man says. Yeah. I believe him wholeheartedly. I just trust him. He's seen things. And when he called the Iowa de- caucus a debacle, yes. I was afraid. Yeah. So tonight's New Hampshire. Yep. And I I do know that there are other primary areas in the country that have already admitted that they bought this app as well. Yeah. I don't know if New Hampshire is one, but... I mean, the big news last week was that Pete Buttigieg won... The Iowa caucus, if you are to believe the votes, which I want to, um, which was a little bit unexpected. I think most people thought that either Biden or Sanders would have had it. And if not then, then Warren. I think Buttigieg was a surprise. 
What did the final number say the next day? Because I heard then Bernie saying, like, no, I won. And then all of this a random lot of stuff. And it was just, yeah. We talked about, like, this whole, like, sideloading of an app. And mm-hmm. I've been in some major technology departments where we would sideload apps before we would want to release them to our consumers and guests. And even us as a tech team would have problems. And it's always a beta version. It's never really your true ready-to-go-to-market right. production app. And so there's bugs. And, like, you need to have somebody who is in the room – that can fix those things for you. You need and a super guys, user. You need a super user. You have defects everywhere. If you're putting this out to every county in Iowa, like it's just there's not enough super users to get out there. And coming from that app world, I just would never sideload anything for something so important. Well, to answer your question of how it all laid out, I believe that 26.9% went to Buttigieg, okay. followed up by 257 And that's what I we saw say. that night, but I had heard like days later like Bernie being like, no, I really won. That's why I was like, I feel like they're still trying to like – they did bait the winner. Well, and funny enough, when the Iowa caucus was happening, most of them candidates were already relocated to New Hampshire, stumping mm-hmm. there, looking forward to this week. But I think in the end, Buttigieg was still ahead. And then I forget exactly between uh, Bernie and Warren what the percentages were. But Biden did come in fourth, which I think was a pretty big shock yeah. and something that he needs to worry about. And, oh, yeah. you know, because the Iowa caucus is the first thing that always happens, it has such a huge um, uh, impact on um, the rest of the – Well, uh, on uh, donations. Yes. yes. Voter donations is what I meant to say. And so, like, you know, when you start to see the winner, I think people start to um, lean in towards yeah. the winners because you – if you just want the Democrat to win so badly mm-hmm. – that you like start to lean in. But anyway, we'll see what comes out of New Hampshire tonight. And yeah. not to belabor it, but you know, truly guys, I think that from between now and November, this is not the last time we'll talk about the race mm-hmm. on Happy Hour Rewind because this is the reality. This yeah. is what people are talking about at the bar. And it is what you and I are talking about. So it's only fair to bring it up, yeah. to give our opinions, talk about our worries, and yeah. uh, be our true selves, truly, when yeah. we when we think about this election. So I think that's enough about that. Let's go to a funny. Yes. The internet got stoops last night. As in stupid. And, and duped. Duped. You know. Um, duped. Duped. Stupid um, duped. Embezzled. No, what is it? Um, bamboozled Boozled and led astray. astray. Yep. In the words of Ja Rule. You guys, this dumbass broom challenge came out last night. And frankly, I had to ask you, Erica, what this all fucking was. Because yeah. I only saw the um, um, like funny memes afterwards. I didn't see the fallout. But you had sure. a great post about it this morning. So explain <laughs> the broom challenge, please. So some meme went viral saying that like, according to NASA, yesterday due to it just being like a few days after the full moon, the way the equinox was and – the gravitational force of the earth and the moon, etc., your broom would stand up on its own. So people were doing this like broomstick challenge, like going into their, you know, closets, grabbing their broom, standing up, and then like taking photos and like, oh my God, I can't believe this worked. And so I saw a buddy of ours on Facebook being like, 20 bucks, my broom doesn't want to stand up on its own. Edit, I lost $20 to myself. And I just commented like, what the fuck are you talking about? Brooms always stand up on their own regardless of the day of the year. And of course we're talking about those angle brooms. Yeah. Not like a witch broomstick broom, no. but the kind of broom that literally we all have all in our have. house because we bought it for $10 at Target. Exactly. That angled one that mm-hmm. has like 
the hook that you put on a command yeah. strip in your pantry. Should your command strip stay on the wall? 100%. It doesn't work here for us at Happy Hour Rewind's yeah. house. But yeah. So, of course, this challenge is going all over. And I just decided to put on Facebook, like, fun fact, your broom could always do this, you guys. Like, what the hell? It's physics. So it was just so interesting watching it just kind of, like, take over. And it was, like, a 24-hour thing that went viral and then got, like, murdered <laughs> by scientists. So – it was just really funny to see people putting stuff out there. So I saw a meme today that was like, does the vernal equinox cause brooms to stand? No. No. What causes the broom to stand? So get ready, guys. Science. The wide distribution of bristles on a solid surface allows for a low center of gravity, resulting in the broom balancing itself. It has nothing to do with the time of year, Earth's tilt, Earth's orbit around the sun, lack of gravity, or any other celestial object. So, No. It had nothing to do with yesterday, but it was just so crazy. Like we said, like this has always been a thing. We've all put our broom against the wall just to like we're doing something, and then the broom kind of bounces back up and stands on your own. You're like, oh, hey, girl. It turns out it's just one of those stupid household tricks that happens at any time, and you just don't speak of it. But this is the power and of the internet. The power and the fury of the internet is that someone came up with this bullshit line that Mm -hmm. NASA. declared all your brooms will stand up tonight because of the gravitational pull of the earth and the moon and the rotation axis of the earth compared to the sun and the grab you know that all of your brooms will stand up at this particular time during this particular day of god's year 2020 but it's really all bullshit but the whole internet goes wild Look, hashtag fake news, you guys. Be smarter than this, please. Be better. And also, like, think think deeper. Mm -hmm. Why would anyone at NASA (laughs) give a shit about if your broom's standing up or not? That and, like, (laughs) play with brooms. Be like, guys, there's an equinox today. What will stand up on its own? Get me a broom. Get me an egg. Get me a cat. Like, I don't know. Like, why would anybody, like, at NASA be concerned with, like, the broom standing up straight and, I don't know, like, launching the next Mars rover? Yeah. Like, they're super busy. Bigger fish to fry, NASA. Bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Though there were quite a lot of memes that were like, NASA just wanted you to clean your filthy house. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I saw a meme that was like, some guy was like, my wife came home when I was trying to do the broom challenge, and she asked what I was doing, and I didn't want to say something stupid off the internet, so now I'm sweeping the house. (laughs) Now I swept the floor. (laughs) Now I swept the floor. Like, thanks. Maybe women just put this out there, and we wanted our men to clean. Man, we can be smarter than we think we are. Maybe. I don't know, but... That Ugh. happened. So, yeah. We so debunked guys, it. We were smarter your, than the internet. Your broom will stand up time. tomorrow and it'll stand up next month. Don't be idiots. No, definitely not. Speaking of idiots. Yes. I have a huge bone to pick with the internet. Aside from do. the broom challenge. And this is something you and I have been talking about for a few weeks. And I'm really excited for you to like disclaim this. Thank you so much. Um, I am a clear wannabe Instagram influencer. I've got a blog and a podcast. Sweetie, you're getting there. You have SpawnCon. Don't say wannabe. Don't put yourself Thank down. You. I got free shampoo the other day. Shout out R&Co. Um, <laughs> the, television, the television brand is like amazing. But link I, in bio. Yeah, link in bio. Um, I have a huge issue with people who want to be influencers. You know, if you want to get on your Instagram story and do your hot takes on, you know, something about your day or you want to share what you love about your new Crest toothpaste or whatever, by all means. But I'm seeing lately this like, hashtag I'm so relatable, I Instagram stories in the car. Yeah, 
The lighting in your car is great. First of all, the natural lighting in the car for a selfie. Chef's kit. This is why when you're on a dating app, men, (laughs) every single selfie is in the car or in the gym because those have such great natural light. It's perfect. I look. Have I put a selfie in the car as my profile Facebook picture? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I sure have. have. I sure have. Because the lighting is so fucking it's great. Good. But to drive an Instagram story at the same time. Like moving vehicles. Moving vehicles. I have started to see a huge trend in it lately. And it's like, here's my hot take on the Super Bowl. Or did you guys know this fun fact about the environment? And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, are you driving? You're, you're, you are operating a moving, moving vehicle. vehicle. And sure, maybe your camera, your phone is in a in static a Mm-hmm. In a mound, in a, you know, one location. But you're still working hard to lock eyes with your phone for your followers to see your face. And it's really upsetting to see, like, the background moving and to be thinking, like, wow, you think this conversation is so much more important than your safety and the safety of others on the road. And mm-hmm. that's my biggest thing. Like, when I was driving, my dad was like, you can be the greatest driver ever. The guy next to you can be drunk. Mm-hmm. And can still hit you. You need to be a defensive driver. And Drive like everyone around aware. is terrible and be so aware of your surroundings. If you're so concerned with looking in the camera to say like, oh, I got these eco-friendly lunch bags the other day and I thought I'd hop on to tell you guys that nothing is more important than your safety and the safety of everybody on the road to tell me this shit. And it's like, are we struggling so hard for this relatability factor as like a wannabe influencer that it's like, guys, I'm so busy and on the road, but I had to hop on to tell you this. What's next? Are you going to tell me about your skincare routine I didn't ask for? And some of your MLM products? It just creates this like, nothing is more important that you have to put it on Instagram immediately. But I think that you just hit on something. And I think that some people, if they have, I think that they believe that if, They do their Instagram lives from their bathrooms or their closets Mm -hmm. or wherever that they are not going to feel like their brand is busy and hustling enough that they almost want to be doing this influence material from a moving vehicle to prove how crazy busy and booked they are that, you know, guys, I know you want to hear from me and this is the only moment that I have to share with you. So here I am driving and you and I have talked about this, how infuriating it it is is. because I drive on the same roads as you. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, you have seen people that live in our town and are driving on our roads looking into their cell phone cameras and Instagramming live which by the way you only get what 60 seconds for a live so while you may be hands-free looking into your your camera you still are stopping uploading restarting holding down the button or whatever it is and I I don't want to go too far away because I know you have a personal story that you want to share because you clapped back. Girl. I might have did a thing. Go ahead, tell I us. Some I'm proud of you. You know, I saw somebody in their Instagram doing you know their Instagram story from driving, and so then I got savage and just in my own Instagram stories from my house in my bed in a static position, not in a vehicle. Truly was just like ranting for like five Instagram stories straight. Like get the fuck off your phone Mm -hmm. nothing you say is more important and then the same person the next day did something in her car and like put it up and I commented like I can't hear you over I cannot hear and understand what you're saying over the fact that you are driving your car like girl pull over and finish your story 
And she, you know, clapped back at me a little bit and was like, it's fine. I was just driving in my neighborhood. And uh, I don't know how she thinks that's uh, better. It's okay. I was only damaging my closest neighbors, yeah. not the Randalls on I-4. Four. And I just thought to myself, like, I just said, agree to disagree. We can't text and drive. God knows we shouldn't be able to Instagram and drive. And then I was alerted a few days later by our friend Beth that my comments were all of a sudden gone. Because that would have damaged her brand. Oh, she deleted ha- She you? deleted all my comments. Mm. Because it would have damaged her brand that she was trying to drum up. And she was trying to talk about women equality in the Super Bowl. And we shouldn't be bashing Shakira and J-Lo. And it's like, no, we shouldn't. By but the like, way, super you, agreed. Super agreed. But what you were saying wasn't brand new information that nobody didn't already know. That they were on fire and killing it. Yeah, not so a you didn't hot even add, take. Not a hot take. You didn't add anything to the conversation in society. It's a dangerous take. It's a dangerous take. About, you were in your neighborhood with children around like it blew my mind and I just don't understand oh I'm in the car line waiting for my kids at school like okay but you know I would love to just see that your car was parked too at the same time like when you're in your car car line line is the worst like what if you go oh I can creep up and some kid runs in front of you but your face is in your phone Instagramming live it makes me think so much like now when I'm driving like really like I don't text. I try to like stay away from all of those kinds of things. Try to have my music ready if my podcast stops. Really trying not to touch it until I'm in a location where I'm safe. Just if I'm going to scream at people to not Instagram live and drive, then I definitely have to follow through on my own end. But guys, just don't fucking do that. Just I'm really, don't fucking do that. Just drive. I'm really working on the texting and driving. Mm-hmm. I can do better about the switching my podcast when it ends to a new podcast yeah. while I'm driving. That is something that I can really work better on, and I'm I'm admitting that yeah. openly. I definitely need to. I shared something with you that um, I saw on Facebook from a friend of mine from college that has really been sitting with me, mm-hmm. and we've been talking about it in our happy hours adjacent to this conversation of Instagram living while you're driving. That um, this woman I know from college, she's now married, has two children, and she posted just a really poignant uh, post, I suppose, yeah. a couple of weeks ago because it, it was about driving aware because she got into an accident with a parked car because she had her two children in the back seat mm-hmm. and they were arguing over, you know, which song to play for mommy's phone. So she took what she thought was an innocent second on her neighborhood street to yeah. turn around and break up the fight, take the phone away, make the choice of the song, you know, Susie, you lose. Timmy, you win. I yeah. don't know if those are her kids' names or not. But in that split second, she turned to grab her phone. It was a foggy morning, and the parked car on the street, she didn't see, and she hit it. And she posted really eloquently, and I shared it with you, yeah. about how, um, you know, you feel like mitigating your child's fight is more important. You also feel like you're in control. You're in your own neighborhood. Yeah. You know these streets. And she said... You know, I now have smashed my car completely on my own fault because mm-hmm. I hit a parked car yeah. with myself and my children in the car. And she was talking about how, thankfully, the children are fine. She has some neck stuff that she can work out with a chiropractor, but that the way in which she has emotionally been oh. damaged and will never forgive herself for what could have That's a deep been bruise. when you just take that one moment mm-hmm. off the road because and she said let the kids fight yes let the music be not 
be when you're in the car be aware yeah because you just don't see that parked car in the fog no sometimes and you think I don't know why we all think we're so invisible in 2020 invincible invincible thank you invincible (laughs) is what I meant also I feel invisible all the time maybe that was Freudian for me but it's true It, it I heard, you know, you shared that story with me and then a couple days later I saw just a handful of people doing Instagram stories while driving and just kind of definitely thought that too. And you're not invincible. You Also, I'm on the road. That's, we have that's all a big made thing. a, you know, collective contract with one another. You know, um, after Kobe Bryant passed away, I saw something that just said, it is a, a remarkable gift to leave your house in the morning and arrive back at the end of the day. That is, it is very powerful. Insanely powerful. So why would you ever do anything to put yourself in the position to not have that safety? And you know how much I'm like a weird safety nerd. Mm-hmm. I need to see exits. I want to know a fire safety route if something happens. Like yeah. so all about safety. And I just don't – maybe it's, you know, we'll blame Zuckerberg and Snapchat and all these people. But like nothing you say is ever fucking more important than driving your car safely. safely. Yeah. So stop it. Just fucking – Right. Stop it. We're we're all so addicted to instant gratification. Yeah. That it, that becomes so much more important to us than than safety or whatever. It's like I need to post this Instagram live right now so that by the time I get to work I have twenty likes. Yeah. More than it's more important that I protect myself, my property being my car. Yeah. It's one of the most expensive things most of us own. Yeah. Next to our homes is our vehicles. Yeah. And of course, you know. It means nothing compared to our lives. Right. But as far as, you know, a financial I have a better investment on my car than my body. <laughs> my car is a five hundred dollar deductible. I'm fifteen hundred dollars. Maybe I should flip that around a little. I don't have dependents, so yeah. my life is worth very little as well. Right. <laughs> Matters to me. Rents due on the first. Matters to my mother. Okay, that's my soapbox. I'm off it. Everybody, get the fuck off your phone when you're driving. I don't All care right. what you just say on Instagram. You've climbed down off yours. Do you want a ladder? I'm going to step ladder up onto my soapbox because I have an experience that I had. You were there for it as well that I need to bitch about. And I think that it's something that we might have all experienced in one way or another. So uh, you and I attended a brunch. Uh Might have been referred to earlier in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, a really beautiful brunch that was hosted by somebody that was so generous oh to God, yeah. have um, hosted like financially the the entire brunch. Yeah. So it was a, a group of people who some of us knew each other and some of us didn't. Yeah. All sitting at one long table in a private room at a nice restaurant here in Orlando. And we had this celebration brunch, all you can drink mimosas. You know, food provided by the host. It was such a lovely morning. And it was also one of those mornings where, like, we're there for the guest of honor. Yeah. So they are all close with the guest of honor, but we don't all necessarily know one another. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those sometimes those long tables, you get sat in a, a spot where you're like, great, I spark with everybody in yeah. my general area. And sometimes you get sat with a stranger and it can be really hit or miss. Because at those tables, you're now conversing with about five people, one on each side, mm-hmm. one across from those people, so like your catty corner, and then the person across from you. Mm-hmm. And for you, unfortunately, you didn't even have anyone to your left. Like you were real stuck in like a strange part of the table. It's a great way to put it because it is like social Olympics. Yes. 
because sometimes you are volleying between like the conversations being had right next to you and uh-huh. that's interesting but you want to be kind to the people sitting across to you like when you sit across like straight across and eyeball a stranger yeah. while you're eating brunch but you're all guests of you know the guest of honor there is a social contract mm-hmm. right that we make small talk or we try to get to know each other. There are many circumstances that you hear of in life of, I met my best friend sitting down at a weird-ass bridal shower where I didn't know somebody and I met a new girl and now we're besties. Yeah. Or I met my, you know. What is her name? No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Or I met my significant other or whatever, you know. So, and you know me. I am am introverted by nature. Small talk with a stranger is not my favorite thing. But I went into this situation knowing I was going to make small talk with strangers, like mentally prepared for it. So we get there. We all sit down. It does shake out, unfortunately, that, you know, I was sitting next to you. So I had you as my safety net. Yeah. Um, you were sitting across from someone that you know very well. And we got to speak with her Uh as it was getting on. And that was really lovely. But then a woman and her husband, who I've never met from from same from my mother, sit across from me, and so I'm like, "All right, Amy, here you go. You are a guest in this place. You are going to be friendly. You're gonna make nice with these strangers who you're eyeballing through yeah, this brunch." Right. So, you know, um, we are all talking, just a little chit chat, and it gets mentioned very early on in the conversation that we all work for the same company. Yes. So if you guys feels... know research, you know where we work. <laughs> you could look us up on Insta and figure it out pretty quick. I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> but so that is established really early in the conversation that we yes. all work for the same company. Yes. Then um conversation kind of lulls a little bit, so I do the whole what do you do for our company lady sitting across from me? (laughs) And she proceeds to tell me that uh, she's pretty high ranked in the company, but the more she talks about what she does, I figure out what she does. And yeah, sure, what she does is important. She's not that high ranked really. I would say, honestly, she was no more high ranked in the company than you and I were. She was just in a different department. She's in a different department, in a department that she feels is incredibly important within the company. And while it it is, it's It's good to have passion for what you do. It's good Mm -hmm. to have passion for what you do. But she talked to me. I will also need to preface this. She's clearly 10 to 15 years older than me. Mm -hmm. And I need to say as well that this was a bridal shower and she had brought her husband to it. Uh, only two men attended. Yeah. Only two husbands joined in in a table of maybe 16. So yeah. 14 women, two men. So she had her husband with her. And she said over and over and over again that she and her husband had just married two years ago. Yes. And it was their second marriage for each, which is fine. Look, I'm divorced. I'm looking forward to my second marriage. <laughs> right. I'll be proud of myself. Yeah. But, you know, she said it over and over and over And she continued to talk about her role because I asked her, trying to be polite, what her role was. And I could just, you were there, like, you could just see in her face that she thought I was nothing. Yes. I think she heard me when I said I worked for the company, but she must have believed that I had some very low level job. And I don't know what she based that on. I don't know if she based it on how I look or something that I said, or whatever it is, 
But, you know, because I'm like, I was making my effort to have this conversation. I was waiting for her to do the polite thing of saying, so what do you do Uh in our organization? And that never came. And I made a quip something about um, hairstylists. And so she let a couple minutes go by and she goes, oh, so you say you're a hairstylist? And there's nothing wrong with being a hairstylist. Some of my favorite people are hairstylists. But the way she said it was so degrading like she thought she has this corporate high and level that position. she was just and she was oh so so you say you're a hairstylist and I said no I said I work for our company and this is my role and she went oh so do you know so-and-so yeah and I was like well no because so-and-so has nothing to do with my role uh-huh. and this is a very big company yes and then she never asked me another question yeah. about myself and so what I have been talking to you about and what I want to bring up as conversation is what do you do when you are in a position where you need to be polite to strangers and a stranger insists on treating you like you're dirt? I I don't know because I was a little put off by the same party goer too because she's close with the bride. I'm incredibly close with the bride and I kept trying to and I was like, oh, it's so good to, like, meet you. And she was like, okay. Yeah, she and I was, was like, no, 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 no. Here's the thing. You know I'm close with the bride. You mm-hmm. absolutely know who I am because I know who you are. And, and to, but maybe to put it know. out there, I'm only acquaintances with the bride. Yeah. And, I, you know, I was at the shower and so thankful to be there and happy to celebrate the bride. But you are much closer to the bride yeah. than me. So I was kind of on the outskirt where I where I kind of belonged right? on, and I was just, on this table. It felt very, um, like, the guest might have been insecure because she was putting on us that, like, we weren't anything. And, like, that we must have stumbled in from the restaurant accidentally. Yeah. You that, know what I mean? That's a great way to put it. It did and that, feel like she, she was didn't like, know why, why we were here. And I was like, well, because I'm in a lot of her Instagram photos. Like, we're friends. And, like, what? Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a protocol for what you do when somebody is just not willing to – vibe with you back but is incredibly down to tell you who the hell they are uh-huh. and they don't care what your answer is to anything to the point where all you had said to her was she was talking about her hair and you're like oh yeah it's always great to have a good stylist and then she went oh wait so you're like a stylist and you're like I literally only said the word I didn't yes. tell you anything we've all been talking about everyone at the table works for our company like what is happening and so like, I mean it has nothing to do with the job of a stylist is everything to do with the fact that, like, she cared so little about knowing about you. Mm-hmm. So she heard one word and was like, oh, podiatry? You're like, what? No. <laughs> yeah. It could I have said been I like, like shoes. Are you a masseuse? Yeah, do you sell shoes? It could have been Right. Anything. You're like, oh, I just said I like my shoes. So DSW? You were like, what? Like, she just put in the minimal effort to conversate with you, but was willing to take all of the time and effort in the world to tell you who the hell she was. And I just don't think that those are the kind of people worth conversating with, but I understand at that long table, what else do you do? She had her husband with her. She can chat with him. Well, but then who do I talk to? I was chatting with you, girl. No, no, I know. But like, but, but you know, I took it as such an, as such an offense. Yeah. Because... So, for instance, if we were at a mingling cocktail party, I could be like, all right, screw you, bitch, and walk away. But I'm stuck in this seat, and, like, dessert hasn't been served yet. Yeah, it was good dessert. So I have to sit and continue to talk to her. And when 
I was clued into me that I am so clearly devalued as a person and uh-huh. she's disinterested in me and we had to continue to make small talk. I was just thinking about like in general, like what is the best course of action? Is that, that when you change conversation to back to the bride or back to the person the party's being hosted for or not even talk about personal things? What movie have you seen recently? Just go straight to topics that aren't about anybody or any person in general? Yes. I'm, I'm asking, I, like, is that the right path? Yes, but I, I also felt like it was so rude of her to put upon me the, like, um, well, what else do you have to say, lowly person? Sure. Because I guess unless I let her sit there and talk about herself more. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, we got in the car afterwards, you and I, because we had driven there together, and I was telling you, like, how frustrated I was about it. And I said, you know what sucks for her? Like, she's really the one that lost at the end of yeah. the day. Because what I do for our company is actually really fucking cool. Yeah. And I have really interesting stories totally. to tell. And, you know, I, there's a lot that I can't say because a lot of my job is confidential. Same. <laughs> but um, it's really a loss on her yeah. that she made this judgment on me. And, again, I don't know why. You know, I insecurity. I think I, I am younger than her. Yeah. And yeah. I, I so I don't know if it was that insecurity or she felt the superiority because she had her husband and I don't, you know, have a ring on my finger mm-hmm. or whatever it was that she had this need to assert herself over me. I was like, what is like the right course of action here? Like the only thing I could do that I could think to do is be as uber polite as possible. Yes. Because I am here at the honor of sure. the, the bride. Yeah. So, like, I'm not here to start shit. No. But I think if it had been, like, a random cocktail party, I would have been – I would have walked away yeah. and said to some other guests, like, that bitch over there. Mm-hmm. But I, when you're in that position where, like, everybody has to be so sweet, this is supposed to be a female empowerment type of event. Sure. I, I think it's know. interesting. I You know – she was definitely in some kind of competition. She wouldn't even speak to me knowing. I, she, I believe in my heart she knew who I was. Mm. And she just she wouldn't was, acknowledge it. Would not acknowledge it. Yeah. And so therefore she couldn't with me. So she'll kind of oddly compete with you. I think she feels just, like she was better than you. But you know karmically you're better. You were the bigger person. You allowed the beating. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But Which like, is a lot for me. It is a lot. And I do understand. You know that I get temper quickly and for me to put myself out there and yeah. and be incredibly like as extroverted as I can be mm-hmm. and to be shot down that way and like ticked uh, like I don't I mean I'll oh, yeah. I'll rise and stand up for myself especially with a stranger. Oh yeah, for sure. So it took a lot for me to remember I'm here for the bride. I thought you were di- I thought you did good. I could see and hear some things like when she was like are you a stylist? I was like, "What?" Like, how dare you? Well, I mean, and again, it's not that that. It's just that I had already established myself as something else. Yeah. And just, she be- didn't listen. She didn't care. Well, and she obvi- she thought stylist was a put down. Yes. Like, are you kidding me? The girls that do my hair are like are my favorite people. The- okay. If your cat pulls know, up this carpet. I know. The baby. Let the me, baby let me- is being a little piss ant. Listen, we've beaten this one to death. You start the next convo. I'm going to yell at the baby. Well, then I'll just yell into the ether. Losey. So another thing that we've been yelling into the ether in regards to in anger, other than your cat picking at our carpet, is some of our favorite reality shows lately have been cast with some really fucking horrible human beings. They're making it hard to watch my favorite shows. One of my favorite shows being Below Deck, 
was one of the most difficult shows to watch this season, and Leslie Jones can attest to that, thanks to her Twitter account. The men on this show, other than Captain Lee, were the mm-hmm. most misogynistic, disgusting, pig, Horrible. toddlers of a human being. Fuckers. That made it so hard to watch one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to keep watching this show? Give me really good people to watch. You know, it was some drama. So Below Deck on Bravo, by the way, it was hard this year specifically because when it started off, they were like, this is the hottest deck crew of all oh time. Oh my God. Because the men look good. Now, I am disgusted physically by all of the men oh, by the end of the 18 episode so season. They're so ugly to me now because I've seen their personalities. Yes. But it started off as like, this is going to be the sexiest yes. season of Below Deck, Deck ever. And then, I mean, these... Men, these bros, these fuck boys, these this gaslighting, this oh. horrible treatment of women physically, truly physically. There were almost times one of the deck guys was gonna punch a woman mm-hmm. there. after he had forcibly kissed her twice and she this had asked him to stop. Sexual assault. Then he got assault, mad and assault, wanted to mental punch assault. her. It was awful. And In now, this era, how are we? How how was how that allowed? Well, and so I think what your point is that how are these casting directors allowing yes. this? And we have another great example right now on Vanderpump Rules. They just cast two new guys whom the casting directors think are attractive. I think they're both troll looking, but yeah. But even after I already thought they were troll looking, it came out after the first few episodes of the new Vanderpump Rules season aired that both of them have a litany of racist (laughs) tweets recently in their background and it's like guys you just cast these people we are after the Me Too movement by three years how will we not checking tweets what are you doing because we're not talking about you know when Kevin Hart almost hosted the Oscars last year and somebody went back like the depth 10 years 10 plus years where things were a little different. Not okay to say some of the things he did, but he no. said he's learned. We're talking like as early as like 2016, 2017. We're talking some of the most foul and aggressive racist tweets I've ever seen that I was like audibly like, I can't believe you thought this and then thought I should put this on the fucking internet. And then when you got cast on a reality show, you, you didn't, didn't have go the back good sense them? to go back and delete. And, and here's the thing. We, the people, are pretty fucking smart. I guess smarter than casting agencies. Because don't you have an intern that, I don't know, could scroll through Brett's I don't know. If HR of every company can search your social media when you apply on Mm -hmm. Monster.com before you get an interview, you'd think that reality show producers have someone available to do that. Yes, because I don't believe that they don't have that ability because we work for a company that at any given time, our high-level leaders know what we're doing and what we're saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I might be chipped and, like, it's fine. It's, it's fine. I get paid on Thursdays. But, like, <laughs> I love my 401k. I Thank you. Yeah. Um, really good benefits. <laughs> um, <laughs> so much vacation this year. Which means a lot in 2020, honestly. 100%, it, it really does. But, like, I cannot believe we're casting these shows with some of the most vile people who are doing these terrible things and then they've done things on the internet and I just, I want to keep watching your show. Right. So could you do me a solid and not think I'm a fucking moron? When it's, so it's not even Bravo. So right now on The Bachelor, on ABC, yes. big primetime channel, who, by the way, this is not the first time on Bachelor that, uh, a ba- like, 
bachelor bachelorette the entire bachelor nation that a contestant rises to the top and then the internet goes hi how about all of this racist stuff in their background we have it again this season we have a girl who is in the top four peter the bachelor is going to go home and meet her family and she has modeled for a white lives matter website it's disgusting it's vile yes and in fact she and one of these group dates one, I'm using air quotes, yeah. um, a Cosmo cover shoot with The Bachelor because she is a model. So she mm-hmm. won this yes. modeling challenge on the show. And then Cosmo is the one that found out and exposed these White Lives Matter uh, shoots that she had done in her past. And Cosmo yeah. came out and said, well, fuck, we've already printed the magazine, so we can't do anything about that, but we are taking this off our website. We do not – We reg- No, it didn't go to print ever. It was only a digital spread, but they chose to not continue with the digital spread. Thank you for correcting me. No, yeah. Thank you for correcting me. So so Cosmo.com mm-hmm. was really their digital fig- cover. Yep. Figured this out and took it off and said, we know that we did – we had this partnership with The Bachelor. Yeah. We know we did this, but Cosmo does not stand for this. Yes. And we will not um, – promote this woman on the cover of our magazine and abc's over here like dirt what what happened what's so interesting thank you for bringing up the cosmo thing so i know we had talked about that last week i love this one show called the bold type Mm -hmm. which is on freeform scripted show scripted show Mm -hmm. freeform Mm -hmm. used to be abc family still abc right still owned by the disney company and so Mm -hmm. uh freeform the show the bold type is about this girls that work at this magazine that's very Cosmo-esque. Yeah. And they're always talking Cosmo about... without saying it. Basically. Um, and they're always talking about, like, pushing the boundaries, putting transgendered women on the cover, or, you know, showing all body types, doing mm. all of these things and pushing. And when they have a transgendered person on the show, it, they are truly a transgendered actor. You, you know, mm. we're not doing the Scarlett that. Johansson thing. We're really <laughs> following... Where she played an Asian person. Right. A magazine's called Scarlett. That's what it's called. They're always pushing for these things. How is it that in scripted shows, sometimes they're able to walk the walk that they're telling everybody else to do, but we've got these reality shows that are just continuing to fall down. Is it a timing thing? Is it a money thing? Is it people with, I don't know, scruples don't want to fucking do this shit, but people who would model for a White Lives Matter campaign is like, yeah, Bachelor, that's for me. Can you just not get quality people? And that's why we're getting trash on these shows. You can't tell me that the the people the depth of people willing to appear on these shows is that low. Yeah, I mean, I think that the casting directors are too interested in casting somebody that they think is probably on the verge of being mentally unstable because they want these ratings. Mm-hmm. And look, I'll say the the Bachelor cast this year of women is bonkers yeah. all of them they are bananas b-a-n-a-n-a-s and i'm having a great time watching but every time victoria f comes up on my screen i throw up in my mouth a little yeah. bit because she so proudly was you know modeling for white lives matter i also in a in a piece of my mind want to say struggling young model will take any yeah. job that she can get but i can't really stand behind that because i feel like drive an uber yeah yeah exactly like um, 
and super privileged of me to say that who has a great job and just say go get a go Go get a different job like that however i just i I do feel like when you take jobs in the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. you know we talked about it when uh we talked about fran drescher on the uh what's that podcast Oh, where she was crazy and like putting her Wi-Fi in the closet. Right, but the two girls that run the podcast are actors and models, oh, and they talked about that's how so, they were they, they that's so retrograde. That's so retrograde. Yeah. Yes, and they talked about how they turn down jobs for fast food or for cleaning products that don't that aren't organic because they at, live their brand because they they have to be true to who they yeah. are. So they're not going to be photographed eating a big, yeah, impossible Whopper that's full of chemicals. When, you know, that's not true to them. And so they talk on that podcast that's so retrograde about how they lose money all the time mm-hmm. um, as far as things that they could book because it doesn't settle with their beliefs. Yes. And so while I want to be like, well, maybe Victoria F. just needed a job, I don't think anybody needs a job and in the face of a, a movement so horrible as White in Lives Matter. In the face matter. of political correctness, and I think that if you – I think for especially that's so retrograde girls, if they say no to that fast food – campaign maybe it was going to make them i'm faking money like 15 grand Mm -hmm. but then they wait two extra weeks and impossible burger comes over 30 grand Mm -hmm. and had they done that fast food they couldn't have gotten the impossible burger thing like i think your money will come to you when you stick to your true self i was using impossible burger is still as a bad thing because that impossible burger is such bullshit like i know that it's meatless but it's not good for you sure but you know what i mean like chemicals yeah yeah but i'm saying like if they had decided to do for like a a whole burger a whole foods ad i'm saying if they did a beef burger and it didn't work for them but then they did a plant burger right they couldn't have done that um but yeah that's what I mean like I think I think we just so deserve more I think we've talked about um Leslie is her name Leslie Leslie who oh she's the um Leslie Grossman Leslie Grossman Mm -hmm. who believes that reality stars work for us yes so she she's a frequent guest on Bitch Sesh and some of our other podcasts some of our other favorite Bravo podcasts you know um, from the Ryan Murphy world awesome actress she's an actress huge huge supporter of the reality TV movement (laughs) and um, but really feels that reality TV stars work for us so like work harder for my attention, when I see you in public, you will have a selfie with me. I keep you on television. Yes. To the de- I love how she says it. You are on television at, at my, my pleasure. pleasure. So with that being said, below fucking deck, get these shitty, disgusting pieces Mm-mm. of men off my TV. Because I don't, I don't want a man to see this and think this is okay behavior. Or a woman to be watching it and be like, oh, my boyfriend talks to me like that. I guess it's fine. Because it's on television. Because it's on television and you've allowed it now. And I completely agree with you. It's just – you. Bravo, all of this is at my pleasure. I will stop watching mm-hmm. and I'll hit you where it hurts. Your ad dollars and all of this kind of stuff. So like think about your demographic. Yeah. Producers do better. Do fucking better. I deserve better. You deserve better. We all deserve we better. We deserve better. You know what we also deserve? Another cheers. Another cheers. Another drinky poo after this while Perfect. we edit the show. We deserve to come back next week with yes. a a fresh round of happy hour topics. But More look, rants. <laughs> or rants or whatever it is. Um, we deserve happy hours this week. Yep. We deserve happy days at work. We deserve a great weekend. That, yes. And we all deserve to remember. <laughs> to be kind. And rewind. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye.